welcome to Spawned, a common sense, generally fun, and hopefully helpful discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Kristen Chase. And I'm Liz Gumbiner. We're the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. And today we will be talking with an amazing guest, Tova Lee, about finding the humor in the craziness right now. Yes, I need a whole lot of that. But let's talk a little bit more about our guest, Tova Lee. If you haven't heard of her, she is a London-based writer performer and content creator. But you know what? It's silly for me to say if you don't know her because you probably do because she is more popular than ever on the social medias. I like how it's social medias, Liz. Yeah, the social medias. (laughs) That's how I like to think of it. With her shamelessly open and honest video rants that are hilarious, by the way, articles and her podcast, hashtag nailed. Tova has built a global online community of more than a million followers across Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And she has a viral series, Mom Life Crisis, that's resonated with millions of women across the world. And it even became a documentary film on Amazon Prime Video. She has taken her raw humor. By the way, raw humor is spelled with an O-U-R today. Thank you very much. On stage. London-based. <laughs> on a world tour that got cut short, unfortunately, but turned into a live stream event that we are definitely going to talk about. And her amazing book, Fucked at 40, Life Beyond Suburban. Monogamy and Stretch Marks is out now. So this may be an episode, I don't know, hint, hint, that you probably don't want your kids around in the room for. Hashtag earmuffs. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Tova. Welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Wow, what an intro. I love you. We're, well, it, we're just telling you back what you already have done. <laughs> this is your life, You've Tova. done a lot of great things. You are impressive. Oh, thank you so much. No, I'm really flattered by all the lovely compliments. Uh, I mean it. I really am. Aww. You know, it's sometimes you need other people to remind you that you've done something. Because I, I had like this day yesterday where I, I was feeling a little bit low. So I feel like this is not a coincidence. You know what I mean? So thank you. Yeah. Well, also, we're surrounded by our children who we can never do anything right for them. Like, I didn't want to bring my son water (laughs) last night in bed. It was 1130. I was actually asleep. And he texted me, you stink. (laughs) And I was like, okay, so you know what? That's why we're here. We're here to make each other feel great because we're surrounded by tiny people who are like, you stink, mom. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder if you can hear my tiny children right now stomping their feet somewhere in the house. It sounds like elephants are in my house. Can you hear that or is that okay? (laughs) No, we we can't hear it. But if you do, you know, it's just sound effects at this point. It's all real. I mean, look, I feel like as long as every newscaster is at home with the potential like the BBC guy to have their kids like walk in for a snack. Right. Like, it's all good. Everything is goes all good. Right that now. was a classic moment. I mean, really. <laughs> so listen, I'm glad we're going to talk about finding the humor right now. You are the right person to do this because this is hard. And I remember, I'm old enough to remember after 9-11, where I, I lived in New York City, very close to the towers, thinking, how am I going to write? And I was a humor writer at the time. And I remember a friend saying to me, what you do is valuable. Like, we need to laugh. Don't don't think that what you're doing is unimportant just because you're not a frontline emergency service worker right now. Yeah. And I thought that w- I always remember that 20 years later. And so I want to know how you're finding the humor right now, because it is hard, as we saw from Saturday Night Live, not so live this weekend. I'm going to be <laughs> really honest with you, because I could bullshit you and say that I'm finding the humor in, uh, you know, because I'm super talented or because I, you know, I'm inspired by real life. But to be honest, I'm finding the humor on TikTok. 
<laughs> you know what? I'm right there with you. No, I'm true. right there with Honestly, you. Listen, I have a love hate relationship with the social media, which I know sounds weird because I am on social media, but I am hating Instagram at the moment. I'm hating everything, <laughs> all the content everywhere. And I kind of stumbled on TikTok and fell through a real deep hole of TikTok videos. And some of the comedy on it is just so, I mean, a lot of it is awful, but. Some of the comedy <laughs> on it is just exactly what we need. And I actually don't think it's a coincidence that so many people have joined the platform recently, apart from boredom, obviously, but also because it actually does have a lot of humor there. And I don't know if it's because it's young and it's young people and they're maybe not taking it so seriously. I don't know what it is. But to be honest, I'm not even questioning it. I'm laughing out loud. And that has uh, made it a bit easier for me to create content uh, right now. Um, because I do get inspired by life and what's happening to me. But when you're not able to leave your house, not much is happening to you. So, so it's true. You know, it's, like, <laughs> it's true. So it kind of like felt like what you said after 9-11. It's a bit like, well, what am I going to do videos now about like what? But then, you know, again, looking at some of what other people are doing. And I go, ah, OK. So like all these weird scenarios. And I'm like, OK, OK. So there's this whole world. I feel like a whole new world has opened up to me, at least as a creator. So um, that's where I'm finding the humor. Yeah, I can't believe I'm actually recommending another social media platform to anybody. <laughs> because honestly, I feel like we all have enough social media in our life. But if you want to laugh, that's the place to be at the moment. Plus, sure. you get an extra joy out of knowing that we, the olds, are stealing our kids' social platform oh, once again. Totally. So they'll have to move elsewhere. Totally. <laughs> Yeah, totally. They're like, oh, God, mom, please don't join TikTok. Too late. Too late. Yeah, I know. No, it's brilliant. There's definitely this feeling of, what if I just do some weird random thing and film it for a minute? <laughs> and like, yeah. it's like funny and then sometimes a little scary. But overall, I'm with you. And Liz and I actually have been doing dance challenges with our daughters on TikTok and posting them on Instagram. Oh, so that's amazing. what we do with it. That's yeah. So cool. How old are your daughters? I've been doing it with my almost 13 year old. And so my, cool. I have okay. three. Well, yeah, we have a lot of daughters. We have five daughters between us that we know of. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> the one I do TikTok with is 11. But I also have a 15 year old daughter and a nine-year-old daughter and there's one boy who is 13. Oh, amazing. <laughs> the Lone okay. Ranger. He's the one who can't get his own water in the night. In case yes, yes. yes. And then he told me he was just joking. He was like, I was just kidding, Mom. JK. JK, LOL. And I was like, yeah, you know what? At 11.30 at night when I was fast asleep dreaming of like hot sex with Ryan Reynolds, I get awoken with a boy who like, by the way, you have a bathroom downstairs with running water like, and feet. You can't figure that yeah. out yourself? <laughs> like, what's so special about the water I'm delivering to you? P.S. Do you find that now that, like, we've been stuck at home with our kids for so long, 24-7, like, for days and days and days, you're saying, just do it yourself more often than normal? Oh, <laughs> I mean, I will be honest. I uh, uh, I don't want to jinx it. My kids have been really helpful and yeah. really good, which they're not normally. So I feel like Kristen and I have <laughs> talked about this, like, we're all in backwards land, like, like people who don't cook are cooking. People who normally yeah. cook are like, I'm ordering takeout every day. <laughs> well, my kids true. are now like being really helpful. And there are a few do-it-yourself moments. Like yesterday, Sage was like, I can't 
make my dinner because I can't reach the toaster oven. And I'm like, why can't you reach the toaster oven? She's like, well, there's some um, clean dishes in front of it stacked up. <laughs> and I just looked at her and I was like, can you solve that problem? Yes. <laughs> and she was like, uh, yeah. I said, then you can make dinner. And so there's a little bit of that, but they've been pretty good. I feel yeah. like maybe the early yelling at them, we're all in this together and I need your help or I'll go crazy kind of like set into their brains by now and we're doing okay. I do think kids are going to come out of this more independent though. I do. Yeah. And my, I'm very fortunate. Yeah. My kids are super independent. You wouldn't know that based on the water requests, but overall they are. <laughs> Here's what I'm finding is that when they are asking me to do things for them, it's more about wanting to connect with me because I'm actually working a lot. I'm in my office six, seven hours a day. They're not seeing me as much as I think they thought they would. Yes. And so my daughter yesterday was like, I wanted you to bring me my breakfast. And the first reaction is like, are you kidding me? When's the last time anyone brought me breakfast? Like, give me a break. But then I realized, I didn't do that. I did that inside my head. I realized that <laughs> she just wanted to be with me, right? Like she wanted to yeah. see me in the morning. So I'm trying to do my best to navigate. Like, yes, it's good to be independent, but also they need us to be present with them and maybe trying to build that time in otherwise. So then I can mm. be like, are you freaking kidding me? Go get your own food. <laughs> yeah, totally. How about you, Tova? How's the balance of kid time and work time and fun time and dishes time? Yeah. I mean, they're younger, my kids. My oldest is nine and the twins are six and it's all girls. I mean, to be honest, they have been really good as well. I, I think the biggest surprise to me is how they're getting along. Mm. The first few days, I, I guess, were the hardest. Like, it's the time to adjust, right? Mm -hmm. But they have really managed to keep themselves busy more than I had ever thought they were capable of. They've definitely grown up a lot and become more independent. A bit like you, I'm also still working. And my husband's business can't run without leaving the house. So we always do 50-50 parenting, but he's now basically parenting, like much more than I am. You know, he's doing football with them in the garden, different things, and I've been able to work. And that's kind of how we've coped really throughout the last few weeks. And of course, there was Easter here last week, so we all kind of took some time off. I'd like to know who cut the cucumber iPads for your kid's spa day on Instagram. <laughs> I did that, yeah. But you know what? That was so much fun. Actually, first of all, they did lie there for quite a while quietly, which I just thought was hilarious. Yeah, right? <laughs> That's impressive on its own. Lapping it up. I mean, it was so much fun, but um, they loved it. it was, do you know what? This is the thing that I have found in this quarantine. It's It's been nice to kind of go, right, this is what we're doing. I'm a person that's always rushing. Like I'm always rushing somewhere. I've got a million things on the go. You know, I just love being busy. It's just how I am. And I think being able to say, right, this afternoon I'm clearing out this drawer and that's all that I'm doing, <laughs> you know, like has just yes. been like a real wow, different for me, because I'm usually doing a million things at once. So even like to just say, right, we're going to do an hour spa and we all wore robes and I was in a robe as well. And like we all kind of did face masks and all that was just really fun. We don't actually ever get to do that normally. I love the idea that putting on a robe is a special thing for you yeah. because <laughs> it's like afternoon here. I'm still in my pajamas. <laughs> but I think it's like a personal choice as well. Mm -hmm. I find that I want to get dressed and like put something on and like do my hair or makeup just for me. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it's just, it's helped me. 
But obviously I don't do it every day, but I try because uh, it does make me feel better. I put jeans on last week and my body was like, what <laughs> are you doing to us? I like, know. what is I happening? <laughs> so I'm a little afraid, but I do like this idea of acknowledging that things have slowed down and trying to make the most of that. We actually talked about that on our podcast last week and we don't often have these opportunities. I've got four kids. They're not, I wouldn't consider them to be overscheduled, but when you've got one kid each in an activity, that's basically every single weeknight. Yeah. You are probably not having family dinner together. You're probably driving around. Yesterday, I just realized I was in my car just doing an essential run to our post office box. And I was like, this is crazy. I mean, we were running ourselves ragged and look at us now. Yeah, sure. I would like to be able to go out and, and wander the aisles of Marshalls and TJ Maxx and stare aimlessly at random things I don't need. <laughs> However, this is amazing to be able to be with our kids and eat dinner every night. And I feel very fortunate to be able to to do that. So kind of acknowledging the slowing down and how that's affected your family and our families in a positive way, I think is important, right? Like in these difficult, challenging times when the news is so hard. And Tova, you're doing it on social media as well, which I yes. really appreciate because yes. I know some content creators had made the choice, like, I'm going to ignore the fact that the entire world has changed and show you my outfit of the day every day. <laughs> and I really like that you're like, no, nope, yes. things have changed and that you're still trying to find the humor in that and that you're using humor to get across some serious points like staying the fuck at home <laughs> or the benefits to the environment. Like, do you feel a, a responsibility to use your platform to talk about what's going on right now or to influence people to do good stuff? Or is it just like, ah, whatever's funny right now? I 100% do not understand why anybody would even bother have any type of platform or stage if they're not going to try and do something good with it. I just don't understand it. I don't see myself as an influencer. I have no interest in telling people what I wear, where I bought my facial cream or anything. Sometimes I get asked, you know, and I'm happy to answer, but it's just not me. It's honestly like I love doing comedy and I love entertaining people. But at the end of the day, I'm trying to promote causes. So sometimes they're subtle and maybe it's hard to detect what they are. And sometimes they're less subtle. So I, I've done videos on rape culture and I've done videos on abortions and I've done, you know, women's rights is, is the number one thing that I'm very, very interested in. But yeah, political as well. And when it came to staying the fuck at home, I just could not understand why people couldn't get it through their heads. So I decided to do videos where like news broadcasts. And <laughs> as the news person <laughs> on the news, I was basically telling people to stay the fuck at home. And obviously the thing is, I think that when you add comedy and, and satire like to what you do, it's easier for people to relate to it. And like sure. they don't take offense so much and they are open to sort of listen and laugh about themselves. And I laugh at myself all the time. Like, it's not like I'm trying to be patronizing on anybody. Like I'm not, but also I hate, hate, hate the mainstream media and social media. I honestly have a real issue with it. I think everything's very washed out. Everything's very whitewashed and brands rule everything. And I, I can't stand it. I just don't like it. And by the way, this has cost me many, many, many deals in a day, but I don't give a fuck because I don't do it for that reason. And don't get me wrong. I do make a living out of this. And of course, I'm interested in making a living, but I really resent it when people don't understand that with the fact that you've got a platform does, should come some sort of responsibility to do something with it. And it doesn't even matter what it is. Like it could be the environment. It can be women's rights. It could be whatever you're passionate about, but something, you know, like something. Otherwise, 
who cares what the fuck you're wearing? Like, I don't care. Oh, I love you. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that. We have been saying for years and years and yeah. years, what good is having a platform if you can't use it to amplify the things that matter to you when they matter most? Right, right. And every so often, someone's like, I like it uh, when you don't talk about politics. And uh, I think, well, what, like, life is politics. Our values are political. Politics yeah. reflects our values. Like, how can we not talk about the things that are impacting the world and the policies that affect our families and, like, the stay the fuck at home order, or as they more gently call it in New York, pause. <laughs> a little more family friendly. Oh, like, I want to talk about that. I want to be like, hey, why am I seeing kids on TikTok who are still having playdates in Manhattan? That's insane. So um, I try to do it with humor, but sometimes I do it with sanctimony. <laughs> like, whatever works. <laughs> sanctimony, humor. So let's talk about your book for a second, yes. okay? Because your book, Fucked at 40, is hilarious, obviously, but it's also about confronting fears, which makes it extremely relevant right now by accident. Like, yeah. tell me about that. Yeah, it's really weird. I mean, the book is about love and about having a midlife crisis. It's about finding yourself again after getting lost, uh, after becoming a mom and all those type of things. But I absolutely agree with you. It's also about facing your fears. And the reason I wrote the book and the whole process of the midlife crisis, etc., which led to the series, the online series you mentioned at the beginning, was in fact the fear of death because I had a bit of a health scare. It has suddenly hit me that I was one day going to die, which is ridiculous because we're all going to die one day. And it's the only certain thing we know about our lives in general. But <laughs> we numb that. Mm -hmm. We use all the devices that we have, whether it's food, alcohol, work, uh, you know, social media to sort of like distract us from that thing that we know is coming so we can cope with it. But when somebody put it in front of my face, I had to really stop and think about it. And then everything kind of burst and I made the bucket list and I sort of went out, decided I'm going to live my life. And I actually think that that is exactly what happened now, especially at the beginning when coronavirus, when it just kind of like started I feel like suddenly everybody started thinking about their own mortality, you know, and it's something that we have the privilege of not having to confront on a daily basis. And suddenly we're confronted by it every single day and every single hour and everywhere we look, you know. So, yeah, weirdly, it does resonate a lot now. Sadly, you know, it's not like something I'm happy about. But I hope like in the book, I have offered an interesting, at least perspective to how I coped with it, which at the bottom line was that kind of decision. I just need to live my life right now. But I think it's also helpful to people, too, because yeah. here's the thing. Even though all this crazy stuff is happening, we are still grappling with. I mean, I look in the mirror at my eyebrows these days and I'm like, oh, I am so over 40. <laughs> like if I'm not grooming, there are problems. <laughs> and I like the honesty because even though everything has changed, it's not like we are completely subverting our own needs to the needs of the greater good of the world or the family. Like we are still human and have feelings oh, yeah. about things. And so I, I like that it gives us an opportunity to like be like, yeah, I am allowed to have feelings about things and me and where I am in life and what's important to me. Totally. I think that even in this time, it's so easy. I mean, obviously everybody goes through phases and maybe at the beginning you're like all survival mode and then kind of people realizing, oh, actually it's going to take a bit longer. So you sort of adapt, blah, blah, blah. But you're right. Like you can't forget, in, even in the worst times, like even in a time like this, you 
can forget about yourself and whatever it is that makes you feel good. Do you know what I mean? Um, oh, yeah. And whether it's, uh, like I said, for me, it's putting some clothes on, even if it's literally a dungaree, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, I'm taking the pajamas <laughs> off and I put some other soft fabric on me and a little bit of lipstick, you know, or a walk in the morning just around, you know, the block or whatever it is that you do those moments. I think it's so important. And the book is very much about that, but it's not a self-help book, not even one bit. It's definitely not a hey, do this. It'll make you feel better. It's not. It's what I did. And if anybody takes away anything from it, great. If not, then it's it's just my story, you know? <laughs> you know, there was something going around on Facebook that said it was like, I caused the pandemic and people were saying things that they had said out loud, right? Like, I want to stay home all day, you know, and like, or, or I want to ah. work from home more. And it was interesting to see what people had said. And I know for me, it was really about radical self-care. Like over the course of the, I guess, like the end of 2019, into early 2020, I was like, I really need to make a commitment to self-care. And now here I am stuck in, I don't want to say stuck in my home because it's a choice and we're doing this to help keep everyone healthy. So I'm here in my home on purpose to keep everyone safe. And I am having to really take care of myself because otherwise I'm going to go nuts with four kids, three dogs, a husband, we're all working from home. And so it's like, not that I caused the pandemic, but this is really teaching me some lessons that I really needed to learn. So I'm just trying to keep my ears open, right? And my eyes open to what's here. Not trying to make this a big spiritual thing, but there are definitely lessons. And one of them was you got to take care of yourself. And I'm being forced to. And Kristen, <laughs> you know, my word of the year was self. I know. So you caused it too, Liz. <laughs> I did not. I take no responsibility for this. I've been home for 30 blah, 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 days. Yes. This is not on me. Wow. So, you know, I actually didn't hear that. I'm not so much on Facebook, so I didn't hear it. So I was trying to think like, what did I say? And I think that maybe what I said was, I wish I had more time mm. because I never feel like there's enough time. Do you know what I mean? Because it's yeah. just like, yes. and now the only thing we have is, is time. time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so much time. I said the exact same thing to my kids. I said, I feel like we're in a movie where I wished like on the warped evil genie bottle, like I wish I had more time. And then this all happened. I said the same thing. Like, yeah. be careful what you wish for. Be really, really specific. Yes, I know. <laughs> I was like, I wish I could work from home more. And now here I am. But, but then I was like, but not with all my children here, but I get, you yeah. know, beggars, yeah, choosers. You been specific if you're going to wish for something. This I is know. what we need to learn. I Be know. Specific. <laughs> Be very specific. Okay, so let's talk more about self-care because for us, and I'm sure for you, it includes laughing. We're doing our best, binge-watching shows. And speaking of which, we can basically binge your live show, Fucked at 40. It's now on Facebook. So tell our listeners what they can expect. So after the book came out, I was going to do a tour, a book tour in the States. And I thought, well... I'm going to be there. I might as well throw in some shows. <laughs> it's like famous last words. And then, you know, you suddenly book a tour and you're like, what the fuck did I do? I actually need to now go and perform. But it was so much fun. And what it was is that I created like a one woman show that's based on the book, but it was obviously not all this. It wasn't stories from the book. There were like maybe a couple and other things that I hadn't written about, but they all were the same themes of the book. So there was a lot about motherhood and sexuality, relationships, you know, all the body image, the stuff that I talk about in the book. And I just told different stories on stage. And then when I came back from the stage and you're not going to believe this, like I got back 
literally a couple of days before they closed the air, like that's it. The states weren't flying into Europe. And actually, it was just before I went on stage in L.A. that Trump decided that. So we were lucky to even get back when we did. And obviously, the plan was to then do more shows in the summer. But because of coronavirus, that's not going to happen now. So I sort of decided I'm just going to do it online because I have a, a very big kind of following in Europe and actually also in countries that I probably wouldn't have gotten to, like that were just very far. And I thought everybody's at home, you know, like everybody's at home and people want to sort of do something. And also, I think there's great stuff on Netflix and on TV and et cetera. But I think one of the things that's great about doing stuff online in the way that I've done it, and I know other people are doing similar things is the sense of community, is the fact that you're doing it while other people who are maybe similar to you or have similar interests are doing it at the same time. So I did it on a Facebook group. It was a private Facebook group and it was a ticketed event and uh, people were able to watch it live and talk on the group and it was great. It was just so fantastic. And I did it as a one-off last month, but a lot of people didn't see it in time, didn't realize it was happening and were upset that they missed it. So we're basically doing another one in a few weeks. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I know. And uh, and it's great. You know, it's weird. I didn't know how I would feel. And to be honest, I don't like doing things that are shit. So I said in advance, I was like, yeah, I was like, unlike the rest of us. Yeah, like like, like most people, I hope. But I was like, if this is shit, I'm not going to do it again. Like and I said to people, I'm sorry in advance if it doesn't work, because at the end of the day, I wrote the show for a live audience. And suddenly you're doing it at home in your sitting room, in your living room, and you don't you don't get the feedback from a live audience. So I didn't know how that would go down. But people seem to like it. So yeah, so we're going to do it again. And hopefully they will enjoy I it. I love that. That's so great. That's well, awesome. we'll make sure that we put all that info on our Facebook page so Thank that you. our listeners can find you. So here's what I want to know. We know what you're doing to help us all feel seen and make us laugh. But let's talk about the G-rated stuff. Is there one moment that's made your family laugh the most this past month? Is there like one thing that will stand out in your mind as being just hilarious? Oh, God, there's a lot. We laugh a lot in the house, especially uh, at Mike. No, I'm kidding. Especially at my kids. (laughs) My kids are very funny. They come out with very funny one-liners. My daughter had a birthday a week ago or, yeah, was it a week ago? A week ago. And she couldn't have a birthday party for obvious reasons. Uh, And usually she'll have like a birthday in Israel. We go to Israel, whatever. And uh, we just, Mike decided to dress up as a really silly clown (laughs) and come (laughs) knock at the door and just pretend that he was this clown. So my expectations were that he would just, you know, dress up as a clown and do some games but he had a whole character you know yeah that it just felt like he had waited his entire life to sort of play out and that was quite funny so we laughed about that quite a bit (laughs) (laughs) so for those of you with partners who don't have quite as much work to do at home Clowning, yeah. clowning is, no, is the next career. What was very funny about it is that we, I said to him after, I was like, "That was really good. Like that character was great." And then, and then he goes, and he was dead serious. He goes, "Yeah, you know, maybe I, I can do this for the twins' birthday in June with their class." And I looked at him, and I was like, 
(laughs) Like it was good, but it wasn't like that good. Like it wasn't like that level good. He was like dead serious. Yeah. Well, I've said before on this podcast, my high school boyfriend actually is a clown. Oh, wow. (laughs) More like a blue man group kind of guy, not like a Hong Kong red nose kind of guy. But like, yeah. Yeah. So I can always say my high school boyfriend turned into a clown. No, like exactly. I feel really left out that I have no clown stories. So yeah. I'm going to have to change that for the next time. You never got to do the clown dating app when you were single, unfortunately. I've I've dated and had sex with some clowns. Like, but, you know, <laughs> we could talk a lot about that. You know, not not professional clowns. <laughs> they wear the big shoes in bed, though. <laughs> and the red noses. Anyway. <laughs> so, Tova, your book, Fucked at 40, Life Beyond Suburbia, Monogamy, and Stretch Marks, available where you find your favorite books. But how can people connect with you? You're doing some awesome stuff. We talked about all the funny stuff that you're doing on your social media. So share where folks can go to connect with you. So I'm on Facebook at Tovali, my thoughts about stuff, or Instagram, Tova underscore Lee, and TikTok now, Tova underscore Lee. <laughs> and obviously on my website, tovali.com. And the book is available on Amazon worldwide. It's also available as an audiobook and a Kindle version. Ooh, that's great. I've been very into the audiobooks lately. Yeah, they're great. Fantastic. So, Tova, now it's time for Cool Picks of the Week! Cool Picks of the Week! And since you're our guest, you get to go first. Okay, so I actually watched something last night, which I really, really liked. And it was on Netflix, and it was a one-off. It was like a documentary film that was called, maybe you've heard about it, The Three Identical Strangers. Have you watched it? <gasps> I have. It's have amazing. You? Isn't it? It's phenomenal. Tell tell us a little bit more about it and why you liked so it. So I don't know if it's new or not, but somebody recommended it to me, and, I own, and suddenly, you know, when you stumble upon something and you go, oh, this is familiar. And then I realized somebody had recommended it. So it's a documentary film about these three identical twins who are basically separated at birth. Their parents' mom gave them up for adoption and they all got to go to like a different home, but they didn't know about each other till they were 19 years old. They knew they were adopted, but they didn't know they were a part of a triplet. And when one of them went to college, when he was 19, people basically recognized him, but they weren't recognizing him. They were recognizing one of the other triplets. Does that mean? Sense? Yes, that was an amazing scene where they're like, hey, welcome yeah. back. Hey, how's yeah. it going? And he's like, I didn't know who yeah. these people were or why they thought they knew me. I know. It's a bit dark as well. You know, it's not like all uh, amazing, like reunion of these three brothers, but it's an extraordinary story. I don't want to ruin it for people, but I, I loved it. I couldn't watch. I, I mean, it was great. That's a great pick. I actually watched it with my older daughter a couple of years back, and she recently suggested that we watch it again with my younger daughter. So sure. I don't know, maybe Netflix is like promoting it again or something, and it's popping up at the top of our feeds. Oh, okay. Kristen, have you seen it? No, I haven't, but I'm adding it to my growing list of things that I need <laughs> to watch. I'm sure I'm scheduling my binge watching. That's what it's come to. <laughs> <laughs> I have time on my schedule for Friday evening at 7, so maybe I'll watch Watch it then. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Liz, what's your cool pick of the week? So, you know how I was saying that, you know, people who don't bake are becoming bakers? Me! (laughs) So, first of all, Kristen, the greatest friend in the world, along with our associate editor, Christina, both at the same time miraculously sent me yeast in the mail. Yes, the quarantine has made me a yeast dealer. I sent out 10 dime bags of yeast yesterday. We we can't get it in Brooklyn. (laughs) Like, every little shop is out of yeast. And so, I got all this yeast. I'm so excited. But before that had come, I thought, well, I want to bake something like everybody else in the damn world right now. I'll make banana bread because we have some old bananas and I don't want to throw them out. So I went into 
into our Recipe Rescue Facebook group, which is so amazing. And I said, who has a great banana bread recipe? It's got to be basic stuff in my pantry. It can't have yeast. And I think I'm going to make it in muffin tins because I don't even have a loaf pan. And wow, did they come through. I think I got like 30 recipe recommendations. So based on what I had, I picked this one from allrecipes.com. Oh, okay. And I adapted it a bit. You know, they have really good commenter suggestions where they're like, to make it more moist, try this. Or I added a little more vanilla. So I kind of cobbled this together, made it, did a crumb topping. <gasps> they're so good. Oh, <laughs> My first muffins. Look at you. Nicely I'm so done. proud of myself. I'm going to even put the recipe with my adaptations up on Cool Mom Eat so you guys can find it. But I was so proud. Don't make fun of me. I've never made muffins before. I'm not a muffin baking mom. I'm so <laughs> impressed. So, yes. Honestly, I'm very I'm so proud. Impressed. Yes. Very proud. And you took a beautiful photo of them. I did. I, look, I live in New York where it's just as easy to walk to the corner and like buy the damn thing. But since we can't do that now, I was like, I'll, I'll make my own. Well done, Liz. <laughs> Thank you very much. So I've been wearing these rainbow leggings and they've ended up on our Instagram a few times and people have been like, where did you get those? Where did you get those? So they're I'm going to so have to cute. do them as my cool pick of the week. My rainbow leggings. They're by Deer, k-deer.com. And I have to say they were started by a woman who was working in the fashion industry and ended up losing her job and came up with these really cool pants because she was obsessed with hot yoga. There's a couple cool things about them. I mean, other than the fact that they're rainbow striped, a portion of each of the different color wheels supports a different cause. Oh. It's really, really cool. She's got all kinds of different different colorways, but there's no awkward middle seam, ladies. You know what I'm saying? Uh Like the... That weird seam in the middle that causes <laughs> that causes the camel toe lift. Chafing. <laughs> and the, oh, that kind of seam. That yes. kind of seam. There's none of that. So they kind of give you like a really flat front appearance. I don't know. They're just very flattering. And I love that they support a great cause. So that's my cool pick of the week. I hey like that. dear leggings. Well, with everybody doing exercise classes on Zoom with strangers these days, you would not <laughs> want to be like screenshotted as the camel toe girl. <laughs> in the video and although, have that go viral. So although, I, I see a great benefit to this right now, Kristen. That's true. Although I have to say, as someone who is now in love with her Peloton, which I chose as my cool pick of the week last week, can you imagine if that was my screen name? I would get so many high fives, I think. Like, it's a thing. <laughs> Camel toe girl? <laughs> yeah. People will be like, yeah, girl, what's up? <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I haven't laughed so hard in a while, Liz. How about you? Uh, no, not since we played psycho for Zoom a couple nights ago. <laughs> We're trying to have as much laughter as possible, but this was really great. Toba, thank you so much for joining us. Absolute pleasure. Thank you again for having me, ladies. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Spawn. Huge thanks to our guest, Tova Lee, and our amazing engineer, John Bowen. We know this is a difficult time for everyone. That's what we are trying to balance. Really helpful stuff that we know you're all looking for, that you've written to us about, and thank you. And also humor and lighter stuff, because as you know we need to laugh a lot and we we know you do too so we hope that you did today on this episode and hey if there is a topic you'd like us to talk about funny or helpful or otherwise just let us know you can reach out on twitter facebook instagram or drop us an email if you're an email kind of a person at spawned at coolmompics.com we will get back to you and you can also join us in our spawned podcast community on facebook where we chat about the show topics and pretty much anything else that you would like to talk about and these days there is lots to talk talk about. And by the way, if you've got a few 
seconds. Would you be so kind and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts? Subscribe to our podcast, download our episodes, all those fun little things that really don't take very long and they actually help spawn reach more people, which is what we would love to be able to do. We are a small business too. And when you support us like that, it means a lot to us. So thank you. We really appreciate everything you guys do for us. And we hope we're returning the favor, even in small ways and half hour bets once a week. Well, hey, thank you so much for listening to Spawned. This is Liz. And this is Kristen. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. 